another edition of the Luton Town International Podcast. Other names may be available, but we'll see on that. Uh, I'm joined again by Gav. How are you, Gav? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, right. So last time we spoke, we were saying, right, the games, so, you know, we're saying it's coming. We're not quite getting the results that maybe we're deserving. And this week we have liftoff suddenly. Three games a win. Three games a week. Three wins a week. There you go. You got it right in the end. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, I think I think we spoke on the last past, on the last podcast about when do you start worrying uh, because it, although we were playing well, it just didn't seem to be happening for us. And all of a sudden, now we have three wins on the bounce, and all's looking yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, we'll start with Barnsley. Obviously, a team who came up with this last year. It's um, they seem to have a very odd recruitment policy of nobody over the age of twenty six. I think I saw their squad ages twenty two, and I think um, their fans. Yeah, do you see some of the meltdown their fans after? It's amusing. I didn't see any of the meltdown. The, the only club I'm, I'm I'm interested in right now in meltdown mode is Stoke, to tell you the truth. Uh, but I didn't see any oh, of the Barnsley. We'll get into them later. But yeah, we will. Is, we will. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I, as, yeah. as for Barnsley, it, it's just one of those things where um, you can do that and it's it's probably the right thing for them to do because in the at the end of the day, they're going to get a huge return on some of these players, but it's not going to help you in the in the foreseeable future, as in right now, because a lot of them players are too young. And honestly, I didn't notice that that you just put out there about them being that young, but it makes total sense because in the first 30 minutes of that game, Luton just absolutely destroyed them. Well, it's straight from the first two minutes. I mean, there was um, yet another new score. We had um, Jacob Busfield ball came out and he just sort of, you know, casually hams it into the um, back of the net from 25 yards out. Yeah, and then Not part of the game I was expecting. No, I I wasn't expecting the score either, and then obviously Colo got off the, yeah, got on the score sheet as well, and and then good to see Harry Cornick get on the score sheet as well, uh, see, see our striker scoring. That's always always good to see, but for me the most the most impressive part was when we went two goals up. We never stopped. We never stopped pushing. We kept going. We wanted to. It it, it was like a shark sensing blood and just wanting to get that get that kill. Yeah, and I think it's maybe a sort of, you know, our um, conversion hasn't been up to the same as some of the other championship sides so far. We've seen some games, you give the opposition one chance and you would goal down. We seem to be taking a fair few more, but we obviously we have in possession. This one, looking at the stats, Barnsley seems to be having more possession. Doesn't mean a great deal. Um, and I think they obviously came back into it. But after, sort of, you know, after the first half, we could have been five, six goals up at half time. That wouldn't have, done, that wouldn't have been um, unjust. No, definitely not. Especially, as I said, that first thirty minutes was just. I actually felt. I actually thought I might be still asleep, and I was dreaming it to tell you the truth. Because obviously, seven a.m. starts are a little bit early over here. But it, it the first, the first half. But again, the first thirty minutes was just absolutely phenomenal, and it was just deserved for how we played so far this season. Because we played really well. We talked about that in the last podcast. We played well. Just things haven't gone our way. And also, you speak about um, Cornick's goal. 
a year ago, he would have missed that. And he sort of um, popped out to him, just calm, measured, just put it sort of, you know, rifled into the back of the net. But it was um, this time last year, that goes into Rosette, doesn't it? Not even last year, six months ago. Uh, he seems yeah. to have a bit of confidence now, which is good. It's what he needed. Because even not just the Barnsley games, game, but the other games he played, the, the Huddersfield game as well, he is terrifying when he starts running at you. There, there's not a fence in the championship that's going to want to look up and see him running at you. Now, he gets into when he gets into the box, that was a different story. You know, he seemed to lack a little bit of confidence when, when he got through on goal. But, I mean, if I was a defender and I seen Harry Cornick pick up the ball just inside, just inside our half and start running at me, I would just duck and roll. Okay, well, sort of dive, get a bit for simulation. Right, if you're a fullback, would you prefer to be playing the fullback playing him or on the other side? That's the thing. Like right now, like <laughs> I don't want to be a fullback at all. Put me, put me, put me in midfield. <laughs> okay, yeah, midfield, and then you get Collins going through you, and Pelly when he's playing going through you, and Shinny running rings around you. Yeah, but, it, um, it, it doesn't make it any easier for the opposition. I mean, some of the players have taken a little bit longer to adjust to the lifestyle of the championship, but I think like the players that you wanted to adjust, I think are starting to adjust now. The Shinnies, the uh, Pellies. Those players are adjusting to life in the championship, and it, it's it's only going to get better. And I think it comes from um, the game what the Barnsley fans were saying with the recruited lack of experience. We've recruited well with experience on there. We've got some, you know, journeymen to a certain extent, but wise old heads. But they've got the experience there, and I think that's showing through, isn't it? And those who the younger ones, those without the experience, is rubbing off on them. Yeah, I mean, you look at who we went out and got. Tunnicliffe's a championship player. McManaman's a championship player. Butterfield's a championship player. It's not like in the old days where we take a punt on a non on a non league player. Like we've got players who have played the majority of their careers at this level. And I know some fans were moaning because we weren't spending money on players, but it proves you don't need to, do you? Not as as, as long as you know what you need and what the players you're bringing in are going to bring to your side, what way you're going to play and how exactly they're going to fit into that. I mean, you don't need to spend an awful lot of money. Now, obviously, if you have a, a, a gate like Man City this year, had had a, had a problem in that they needed someone to take a little bit of load off Fernandino, so they went out and bought Rodri, and they spent a lot of money on him. Fair enough, he's probably the best player to get in that position. Go for it. But if you're in the Championship and, and, and your aim is not Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup, anything else that you're any other competition not, that you're in it's it's not in promotion this year yeah it's not in promotion like as we said if we finish anywhere between 12th and 20th we'll be happy yeah so as long as you get the players and you know what they're bringing to the side and you know they can get you to that position that's step one step two comes after you don't, you don't want to take you don't you can't take your second step before you take your first step yeah, and it's basically you, you can't you can't risk the budget you can't risk the club because obviously we've seen Berry go um which the fit and proper person tests obviously doing well. You know, the guy took over for a quid, didn't show proof of funds, and then set about basically asset stripping it. But that's something we'll come on to. His name we'll wasn't Gurney by any chance, was it? No, but he seems to be about the equivalent of it. He basically turned around and sort of said, I'd never even heard of Bolton until I took over. Um, then he denied he was an asset stripper, but he bought it for a quid, and he wanted, I think, originally 800000 um to sell the club, um, refused to entertain some of the bidders, um, then got a preferred bidder, which obviously they looked at due diligence and said there's no bloody chance of doing that. And it's the club gun, which is, um, you know, 
think it's failed by the Football League to a large extent. Shock um, Yeah. Anyway, back to the game. What are you making of this kind of, well, this formation of playing with Cornick on one side and uh, Luar Luar on the other? Um, I mean, Luar Luar, it just seems to be a walking magnet for fouls, doesn't it? Yeah, and as you said, you wouldn't. Uh, would you want to be a fullback on the left hand side or the right hand side? I wouldn't want to be fullback on either side. Luwalua, like I know, we, he had the contract dispute in the summer, and then all of a sudden he's back with the club, and he he's missed the first couple of games. I would assume that's because he's not up to speed with the rest of the team. But, yeah, it's basically missed three weeks of preseason. So he said he wants to get some miles into him. I think he said so, You know, he'd run thirty miles. The rest of the squad run 200 in pre-season. So he said he's trying to get match fit. He said the important thing is not to rush him in there. Make sure he's fit so he doesn't break down. And I, that, that's one thing I think was more noticeable in the last game against Huddersfield than it was in probably the other game against Barnsley was that he really did seem to tire. He well, really did seem... Matt, yeah. he got kicked and then well, he got through especially in that first half. Exactly, exactly. But the thing is the thing is with Cornick, for me, is when, when Cornick gets the ball, he's going to run shit. He's not ex- he's not overly flary with the ball. He won't do step overs and whatnot, and then try. You know, he he'll get the ball. He'll run in. He'll try either get across, across, or cut inside, or or do something. With Luwalua, you don't know what he's gonna do. He gets the ball and he has the power that he can just kind of brush off and run down the wing. But then he also has the technique that he can hold that ball up and pull inside and just leave you for dead. He's got the speed to go with it as well, hasn't he? Exactly. And that that's scary. Like if you're a fullback, that's scary. No matter what level you're playing at. So I mean, you have Lualua, you have Cornick, and you have McManaman, who are all going to be fighting for places this season. And that that's a great option to have. And then you got, uh, and then you got the likes of sort of uh, through the middle. You got lines of Collins, um, Izzy Brown. Um, obviously, he was playing a bit deeper when he came on. But we've. With the loan signs as well. I mean, obviously, we'll get on to um, the two full-backs, I think, on the um, on the Huddersfield game. But the loan signings, even the young ones, they seem to be fitting in quite nicely as well. Um, we did, for the next game, Cardiff managed to make 11 changes. Um, it wasn't actually a bad second 11 you put out, was it, if you look at it on paper? No, it really wasn't. You, you kind of look at it and you kind of think, OK, is he taking the League Cup serious? But then he's come out afterwards and says... I want to be in every competition for as long as possible. And, you know, yes, I'm going to change teams around, but we have a squad here that can, can deal with it. And that that really showed you can. And I understand Cardiff made, was it 10 or 11 changes as well? Yeah, but, I mean, they still had uh, Bogle and Vassell up front. So it's, uh, it's not exactly a weak side they had either. It, it's not exactly a weak side they had. And, and the Luton guys did really well. And this is the thing. You, you want them players, when they do get that opportunity in the League Cup and the Carabao Cup, to really step up. And you look at Lloyd-Jones and... You, you could turn around and say, well, it's only a, a cameo appearance in the Huddersfield game. But he still came on near the end and had to do a job and was able to do the job. And he's actually near the squad now. And maybe this level suits him or maybe he just matured as a player. Exactly. Um, but with the goals in the Cardiff game, obviously there's the own goal. But, I mean, that was a, that was a, that was a dangerous cross. It was kind of, you know, it was either he doesn't clear or gets put in. I can't remember who was lurking. Um so not much you can do. Um, Alan Sheehan's free kick. Now, as an Irishman, I'm going to let you sort of talk us through that one. There's a reason I call him the Irish David Beckham. That, like, he had no right to score that free kick from where it was. And I've seen other free kicks since then where they've been more into the right and they've curled him into that corner. And people have been like, oh, what an amazing free kick. And I'm like, he's right out on the edge. 
And he's been able to get that right into that corner. Like that is that that is skill. That is pure pure skill. Well, it's, it's odd, isn't it? Because I think uh, if you look at the free kick takers we've got in the club, and then you think, okay, none are really in our first eleven at the moment. I mean, you're thinking the likes of sort of um, Elliot Lee to scored a few, Sheen can score a few. Well, obviously, we saw from that. Um, and then you've got Monker, seems to, um, well, he's got no James Justin to step over at this time, but I'm sure someone else can step into that role. Um, but it just seems to be, sort of, you know, for the 11 change, a completely dominant performance. And then, of course, capped off by um, someone, it's a goal. I recognise the name, I don't recognise the style. Um, and I think a few people suggested he got loaned out after, before we got done when we got drug tested. <laughs> it's one of these things where, it might have been a heck of a trek to make to Cardiff for a midweek game in a cup competition that no one's really taking seriously yet. Uh, but to see, first off, to see Alan Sheen's goal, and then to see Jake Jervis, you can actually buy the T-shirt and say, you were there when Jake Jervis scored. And that will be the only goal he scores for us, obviously, because he's gone out and loathed the season now. So, And... I appreciate everything he did in the Carabao Cup game against Cardiff, but do you see him coming back? Because I don't. No, he's out for this season and he's going to be out of contracts. And it's um, and he's obviously gone loan to a League Two side, so I can't see him coming back now. But back to Alan Sheen for a minute, because you mentioned free kick takers in our squad. Mm-hmm. All the guys you mentioned can hit a free kick. I'm not taking that away from them. But I'm going out on the edge here and saying no one... No one can hit a free kick like Alan Sheen. No one in our squad right now can hit a free kick like Alan Sheen can. I would say Moncur is quite close. I'm sorry, I'm I'm going with my fellow Irishman. Yeah, I thought you bloody would. If well, I was taking an argument between him and Collins or something, you'd be like, oh, that's a tough one. Him for free kicks, Collins for penalties. Got a, got, we've got a <laughs> set. So, but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, one thing was obviously, it was, it was with Jervis, it was a good strong run, which I think we hadn't really seen before, and a very tidy finish, which we definitely hadn't seen before, but it was made by an absolutely fantastic ball from uh, Luke Berry. What a ball, I mean, and, and there's another player, Luke Berry, who hasn't, like, has to work his way into this team, and did himself no harm by his performance against Cardiff, was absolutely fantastic, and, not, and then he tops it off with that pass to Jervis, was just... That was a phenomenal, phenomenal ball. Now, saying that, it's, it's a fantastic ball. Jervis still has a lot to do and does it. But, I mean, if you're getting that sort of that sort of pass to you, it, it, it's got to make things so much easier for you. Well, there's eye of the needle. Um, 50, 60-yard pass looking at it. Easily, easily. And that's through the defence as well. It's not kind of 50, 60-yard crossfield. That is just dissecting the defence for the guy to run onto. And it's... Uh, it's phenomenal, the game. Um, obviously, a clean sheet for James Shea. Um, so, it's not a bad backup keeper to have. But then, all change of game for the Huddersfield game. Now, that was a different type of game again. It was um, Huddersfield looked okay in stages, but then in the first half, you're thinking, we, I was a bit nervous at half time because I thought, you know, when we've actually had that much of the chances and play, the stats, the possession stats were a bit misleading. I don't know how they came about those. Uh, well, presumably they're accurate. But I thought, right. We must have had six or seven efforts in that first half. Um, and it's just thinking, it's not. And you're thinking, right, the way we start, if we don't take a chance when we're on top, uh, the run Huddersfield have been on and not winning. They're not one on a Saturday for 500 games or 500 days or something. That's the type of thing that makes me nervous. 
Huddersfield Huddersfield looked like a team who were completely shot of any confidence they had whatsoever. And one thing that really stood out for me was I was listening to their manager after the game um, on the the piece they put up on YouTube. And I was listening to him talk. And I I, I was sitting there giggling to myself. I'm like, this guy's seriously a manager? Like, Like, he can... Like, I don't... He was like us two talking, Nick. And there's a reason why we're not managers. Well, because we talk shit. Exactly. <laughs> but it was just, I, I was sitting there watching it and I was just kind of like, this guy hasn't got a clue what he's talking about. Like, Huddersfield are in serious trouble if he's their manager for the rest of the season. Because apparently now he's only the interim manager. But if he's their manager for the rest of the season, they're in trouble. They're in big, he, big he, trouble. He, he, he is, I think, uh, an interim manager in every sense of the set. Not a Mick Carford interim manager, interim manager for the season. This is interim manager for a few games, then we'll appoint someone. But they yeah, they I mean, have they, to hope. They have to hope that because he, if I'm a Huddersfield fan and I'm not, but if I'm a Huddersfield fan and I listen to that uh, post game interview, I'm getting more worried by the day. Now I think there were a couple of odd things that came out. Um, I mean, firstly, would you like? Have you seen them? The value of the players they bought off the bench, Huddersfield. I seen a tweet somewhere where they brought on like a seventeen million dollar or pound winger or something they bought on yeah 22 million pounds worth of players off the bench um which didn't seem to phase us too much uh but that's the kind of budget up against ex premier league club and the really odd thing was they started with a player i think he then got subbed off and then sold in the evening and said oh he's been wanted out of the club for a long time thinking now if you've got a player who's that close to a move, a move um i think went to red star belgrade or something why on earth would you start him I, especially what you just said there, he's been wanting out of the club for a while. If, if he's wanting out of the club, don't even put him on the bench. Just just keep him out of the squad completely. Especially, like, I would doubt that that offer came through halfway through the game. I would assume that offers come in before the game. At which point, you've got to be sitting there going, okay, don't play him, because if anything happens, we're screwed. Yeah. And he's going to know that opposite as well, because the fact he was sold that evening, I think you're right, so if he got subbed off at half-time, Gets in a flight to go and discuss personal terms, signs in the evening. It just doesn't make sense, does it? It really doesn't. It really, really doesn't. But did I, I want to talk to you about um, the Collins penalty. Did you think it was a penalty? Yes, 100%. I was up in the David Priest stand. Um, after pick and chip practice of, you know, um, get the seats you can get them at the moment. Um, he ran in front. The guy did catch his ankle. His ankle, um, for me, that's a penalty. It's not malicious. It's not a deliberate foul, but he's caught him. See, this for me, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I think it was a hundred percent penalty because Collins just kind of steals in front of the defender. The defender doesn't see him, and then the defender catches him. It's not Collins's fault that he was able to get in front of the defender so quickly. It's the defender's fault for not knowing he's there. So yeah, it's it to me, it's a penalty all day, every day. The only thing for me was the way the Huddersfield players reacted, and the way they reacted towards Collins when he had the ball in his hand worried me that he was going to sky that ball over the bar. Yeah, I said at the time, I said, he's going to miss this because it was, um, I mean, I think it's something she's touched on before as well. I'm not a big fan of the player who's just been fouled taking the penalty um, because you've got the adrenaline there and they sort of, um, it just seems to be sort of, um, I, don't, I don't know whether it's sort of, um, there's any stats about this up, but it seems to be sort of, those tend to be the ones that get missed. Um, and then, yeah, the pressure with them sort of, you know, trying to sort of, you know, get in his face. You're thinking that's quite a long time before he took the penalty, but very, very confident penalty when he took it right in the corner, wasn't it? 
Yeah, um, I was actually watching the game, and my uh, I was I was watching with my brother in law, and he was getting ready for work, and he seen that he was like, "Is that a penalty to your team?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, damn!" And then he watched it, and he's like, "That was a really good penalty. Like that keeper didn't have any chance to save that." I'm like, "He really didn't. It was a phenomenal penalty by Colo." Absolutely amazing! Like right in the corner, even the, the keeper guessed the right way and still couldn't stop it. Yeah, I mean it, it was it's low in the corner, and it's as a keeper, if it's right in the corner, low down, to get across and get down, that's not going to happen unless you're moving seriously before the ball's kicked. And then obviously Andrew Shinney's fantastic, fantastic goal. What did you make of that? Yeah, I thought the chance had gone, and a few people said shoot. And I'm thinking, okay, so do it. And then you just, um, and then you just saw it. And it's not quite slow motion, but it was, um, it's just, I said it's weaker foot, and he just sort of, you know, buried it, didn't he? Sort of, you know, curled it right around the keeper. And I had to laugh at Graham Jones. Said a similar thing about the Sonny Bradley goal in the opening day. He goes, yeah, we practice that. The midfielder breaking in and sort of, you know, curling one sort of, you know, this 25 yards sort of, you know, swerving shot past the goalkeeper. Then he said, I've never seen him do that in his life. Um, Shin himself has said I've been practicing that in training and it's sort of seemed a bit less tongue in cheek I believe I mean he sort of you know we know he's got that in his locker we know he's actually sort of one of the best pass and I think he had a phenomenal game Saturday as well as you know I'm a huge fan of Shinny and I agree he had a phenomenal game on Saturday the thing was I think just before that he'd had a shot and he'd skied it didn't he yeah well not skied it I think it was too far out but it was uh, yeah it went over yeah, and it didn't then, endanger aircraft. It didn't endanger aircraft. That's my definition of skying it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, he when he got that one and he was on his right foot, I think he even said himself he was looking for Bolton to make an overlap and he just wasn't there. And he brought it back into his left. And then the fullback left him. As soon as the fullback left him, I started yelling, shoot, shoot, shoot. And he shot and he scored. So, you know, you're welcome. Now, there was some controversy about that because it's um, I didn't notice until after and think, OK, what's going on there? Because they had a player down injured on the halfway line. And um, I just think, well, what happened to him? Because I didn't, I didn't see the incident that actually led to him getting um, injured. Didn't even notice him until Sir Arthur stopped celebrating. Then I thought, oh, that doesn't look good. If a player's still down, and then I thought he didn't appear to be moving. Then I saw his arm move a bit. I thought, oh, OK, that's OK. I do get right if you see a player who's down who's seen completely immobile because you're thinking that could be a bad injury. Um, and then it turned out it was basically he said he'd been caught by a flailing arm. Um, someone says, yeah, probably not enough to go down quite like that. So they would probably try that as a bit of gamesmanship. Yeah, and I mean, you learn from an early age, you play to the whistle. And Shinny played to the whistle. Yeah, well, Shinny probably didn't know the guy was down either. I think he said in his, in his interview afterwards that, uh, that he, he wasn't aware of it, but, you know, I think he said something along the same lines as I did. You know, you learn to play to the whistle, and that's what he did, and he scored. Yeah, that's um, plays the whistle, and if you don't, then yeah, you run the risk of getting caught out. Yeah, you can be angry with the referee after, but I'm not sure that affects it. Um, on Collins, who mentioned the penalty, um, he was close to me. I know he was sort of good because he's Irish. He was streets ahead for you for it as well, but his work rate defensively was phenomenal. I thought as well. You're always going to get that from Colo, though. He, he's just one of them players that is just going to give 110% every single game, no matter what. If you need him to to stand on the 12-yard line and just keep lobbing balls forward, if that's what you want from him, that's what he'll do for you. You know, he'll, he'll do whatever 
the manager feels is best for the team. Obviously, we know where his best position is. It's up front, banging home goals. But he's very, very much a team player, and he, he, he'll do whatever it takes to for, for the betterment of the team. And I think if you've got him sort of, you know, helping out defensively as well, and then you're leaving the two sort of, you know, um, Luar Luar and Kornick up front, gain the pace. And Luar Luar was my other one. I'd, I'd probably just about given him man the match for the first 45 minutes, first 60 minutes alone, because he had them terrified, didn't he? Yeah, totally agree. And then I think Kornick came into it more in the second half. I thought it was a bit quiet in the first half. He came into it more in the second half. And it's um, Graham Jones, uh, when it got down, I didn't even got back into my seat. I just heard this cheer from the other end. I was trying to sort of get up the stairs to get my seat. I thought, oh, bollocks, here we go. Not a noise you want to hear from your way fans celebrating. Um, scrappy goal, but um, I think defence may have sort of cleared it first. Goalkeeper's blame us on that one. But yeah, he, he reacted quickly. He bought on Izzy Brown, and then he sort of suggested Izzy Brown may have been a little bit frustrated before. And did you pick up something maybe said in the dressing room at half time? That maybe Jones said in the dressing room at halftime. Well, jo- yeah, Jones sort of basically said, "Oh, I know the reason for the um, slow start this time. Um, I'm not going to go into it." Then he's mentioned Izzy Brown and frustration, channeling it. And you're wondering if there have been a few words said in the dressing room at half time that caused a slight lack of concentration. Grando didn't say too much on it. He's sort of kind of, you know, I'll deal with that in-house or sort of, you know, we keep that in-house. But does that sound like sort of an argument in the dressing room at halftime? You know, I heard him say that in his post-match interview, but it's the first time I've actually thought about it that way, Nick, if you've been totally honest with you. Quite possibly, yeah. And, I mean, he's doing the right thing. If, if it is was something that was said or whatever, he's keeping it in-house and that's what you need to do. Yeah, kept in-house and, it's sort of, and he said, right, frustration, right, if you chant it, fine. Goes out and works. And Izzy Brown, again, he helped change the game when he came on. And he's uh, he's got such a nice touch on him. Yeah, he really does. It, it, to me, he's still, he's still got a lot to learn. Uh, but when he gets on the ball, he's another player like Lualawa who can seriously terrify you when he gets the ball because he can do different things with it. Now, I know Nathan Jones um, wasn't too keen on loan players about developing for other clubs. I think at this level, though, the loan players we've got in, I've got no issues having some, you know, the season to help develop them. Because if they're, um, if they're own players, they played all season, chance are they could be sold at the end of the season anyway. That's happened. So, I mean, you've got the, um, the two defenders, um, Bree and Bolton, obviously. Bree, I thought, had a good game as well. Um, Bolton, yeah, it's not too, too bad. And then, obviously, Izzy Brown's come on as well. So, we use the low market quite well this season. I think Izzy Brown's a possibility, depending on what, what Frank Lampard uh, thinks of Chelsea. I think Izzy Brown's a possibility that he could sign permanently. Uh, same with uh, same with Bree from Villa. Uh, depending on how they see him, and depending if they stay up or not this season, could depend on whether we get to keep him. Luke Bolton, I do not think we will keep. Uh, from everything I've read, Pep Guardiola thinks very, very highly of him and sees him as a right-back or a wing-back. I don't see us keeping him at the end of the season, although depending on, on, on what happens... He may be with us again next season on an early year loan. Why not? I'd be surprised if we sign any of them. For the simple reason, if their clubs want to sell them, we're going to be talking four, five, six million, and that price is out. And some will pay for that if they've had a good season in the Championship. Well, you never know. If we get promoted to the Premier League, that windfall. Do you get drug tests at work? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Do you think I need to? Yes. <laughs> Can can I talk to you about can I talk to you about the, the the League Cup draw the Carabao Cup draw we got Leicester 
Yeah, I it's a bit of a mad draw to me. I mean, obviously James Justin, um, if he plays, it'd be good for him to actually sort of, you know, um come back, get a welcome back, score a couple of own goals, I think people suggested, which I don't think is very likely at all. But I mean, he will get a good reception. Speaking to um, Steve outside the grounds, and he said, that's the worst possible draw we could have had. He goes, it's a Premier Club. They've been playing their first team. They're taking it seriously because the previous manager got sacked for not taking Cup seriously on the basis they're not going to win the league. Um, so, may as well go for the Cup. Um, and they could absolutely wipe the floor with us. He reckon there's no chance of progression. It's Premier League, so it's better than having another club in our own division. One of those Island skins below. But you think if you're going to get a Premier League, I wanted this to come at home. I really did. Who didn't though? The way they're playing this season, who who wouldn't want them? My uh, my, you said in our in our group text, uninspiring when the draw came true, uh, and yeah. I told you very inspiring, and I gave you my reason why there is a Leicester fan in work, and it would be fantastic if we beat them. I do totally agree with you though. Leicester are a team that want to win the League Cup. They're one of the few teams in the Premier League, I think, that will want to win the League Cup. Uh, a lot of other teams are going to be like, well, well, we'd like to win the League Cup, but we're not going to, it's not our number one priority. We're looking at the League, we're looking at the FA Cup, you know, with the teams that are in Europe, we're looking at Europe, we're going to rotate our team to play in the League Cup, where Leicester don't really have anything else to worry about, they're going to go for the League Cup. They're going to go for the FA Cup. That's going to be their way to silverware this season. Yeah, and I think the quality they will have, I mean, if you think James Justin's not getting game then, okay, he didn't for us for quite a long time. But he's not getting game for them. It's um I think it will be, I think we'll put up a good fight, but I think ultimately that'll be it for the League Cup. Have a couple of questions, Nick, that came true. The first one is from the Come On You Hatters Reddit. And they've mm-hmm. asked uh who is your Luton Town player of the month? Now, they do have three options. Your three options are Simon Sluga, James Collins, and Andrew Shinney. So out of them uh, three, first off, who would you go for? Okay. I wasn't going to go for either of those three years, the um, one, but um, I would say Shinny out of those three. You're going to go Collins. Fuck yeah, I'm going Collins. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? He's done everything he's asked. He's still scored goals. He's been... Fantastic in every single game. I think he's the one player actually, that hasn't made a mistake. And he actually got a call up to the Ireland squad after everyone else dropped out injured, which um, you know, talks me through this. I think Collins is a goal scorer. Ireland don't like scoring goals, it seems, or playing strikers. What are they playing at? I'll put this to you in very simple terms. Our manager is Mick McCarthy. Our assistant manager is Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane doesn't want anyone breaking his international record. Hence why James Collins isn't starting. Well, I did see there was a suggestion. Um, it was a suggestion last year uh, about last year when Collins was getting called up and not played. Um, I think it was from outside or Luton Outlaws. Goes, mm, let's see who called him up. Mick McCarthy. Let's see where Mick McCarthy comes from and played for. Barnsley. Who is the people's who is the closest challenges to us could try and go up? Barnsley. So would it make sense to try and cripple us by taking a top goal score? You're thinking, hmm wonder if there's anything in there. Probably not, but it's one of those fun conspiracy theories. This is the thing. He's not going to play in, in, in any of these games either. I will be shocked if he comes off. If, if A, he makes the bench, or B, he comes off well, the bench. Well, he'll, he'll make the bench, presumably, because I thought since national football, pretty much anyone not in the, um, anyone not actually in the, starting, um, in the starting 11 is on the bench. They don't have a list of subs? 
Um, no I, thought do, they, yeah. I thought they had an, I thought they had a, like a, a, a number of subs that you could pick on the bench, and then everyone else just doesn't make the squad. But uh, hey, if, if if that's the case, then great. He's going to make the bench, but he, he's not going to make it off the bench. I will be highly highly shocked if he makes it off the bench. Well, I know in the World Cup, for example, those who in the squad who weren't on the in pitch, um, yeah, I know this is a World Cup, so it doesn't really affect you. But it was um, those who, you know, those who weren't starting were on the bench. Hey, you've got more experience in Scotland recently on it. Doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect you guys either, unless you're still harping on about 1966. It's over, lads. Hey. Give it a rest. Hey, we got to the World Cup last, you know, last year. Got to the quarterfinals, got semi-finals. Beaten by Croatia. But we got to the semi-finals. And got beaten. You have to add that bit, Nick. We made it to the semi-finals. Well, but we got beaten by Croatia. Hey, at least it's I not got... as bad as losing to Iceland. Well, yeah. But yet again, it's sort of, um, we, you have to kind of qualify for knockout phases to lose to these teams sometimes. Oh, to be seeded higher, eh? To be seeded higher. Well, if you're any good, you might be. <laughs> we have another question come through. Uh, oh, before we get to that, though, you said it wouldn't have been any of those three. Who would have been your player of the month? Uh, Tony Cliff. Yeah, can't say I disagree. He's been fantastic as well. Uh, another question come true from the Mostly Soccer podcast, lads. Is James Collins a true candidate for the Balloon d'Or? Is the first question, so we'll start with that one. Well, you're going to say quite obviously, yes, it's... Um... Ah, sorry, why not? Just mix it up a bit. Well, this is the thing. You can just imagine them announcing that. So the balloon door winner is James Coyne and all these other ones. You've got some Ronaldo Messi going, who the fuck is this guy? Well, this is the thing. I, I spoke to Virgil van Dijk the other day while we were having lunch. And he specifically told me he did not want Luton in the Carabao Cup because he did not want to come up against James Collins. He's terrified of James Collins. Terrified of him. Okay, just rewind. You were speaking to Virgil van Dijk having lunch. Again, drug testing at work question. We're, 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 we're close. I'm trying to get him a move out, out of Liverpool. Trying to get him to a, a nicer place. Well, that's not, diff- that's not difficult if you're getting someone out of Liverpool to get him to a nicer place. Iraq, possibly. <laughs> the second part of the question is, also, are Luton Town fans genuinely worried about losing a player like Collins in the upcoming transfer window? No. Not this upcoming transfer window, but if he continues to play the way he is, maybe in the summer? Oh, if he, if he scores 20 goals in, this of, uh, in the championship, then yes, obviously he would be. But it was, um, he'd be sort of certainly attracting interest. I mean, I know there's, um, I saw some suggestion that some Rangers should maybe be looking at sort of signing from his um, season last time. I thought, well, why would he want to drop down a few levels? That's exactly what I was saying. Say. Why, why do you want to drop down a few levels? He's proven himself at this one. For me with Collins, I, I don't see us losing him in January unless something horrible goes wrong uh, with the club. And I don't see that happening. In the summer, if we get a decent offer, then I could possibly see it happening. And the only reason I say that is we all remember Steve Howard years ago now at this point uh, moving to Derby. And as I said, the club was in a different position then. We were in, It was a different club then. It was yeah. a different club then, yeah. Uh, but again, I don't think we're in the, in, in, in the, in the shape to re- refuse offers Refuse ridiculous offers for players. And oh, I think no. if we if got a ridiculous, ridiculous offer, then... Yeah, I, th- I think he, he may go. And I mean, clubs may look at him and go, you know what, this is a different alternative now that we've got that we can use in, in the championship. I don't think he'll go any higher than the championship. I think if he moves, it'll be to another championship team. To be critical about him, um, 
some games he's been isolated. He's not the paces player in the world. So he's, the pace is the one that sort of the really gets you sort of the money on the players at the moment on strikers. The pace and finishing. So I think in terms of that, you wouldn't maybe have the Premier League club sniffing around him. But as I said, if he's uh, if he gets twenty odd goals, then there might be some interest because there always going to be some sort of you know championships or sort of you know top scorer. But uh, at the moment, he's on three. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. The player I thought more likely, if he carries on the way he's going to um, attract big money, bits would be Harry Cornick. Quite possibly Harry Cornick and uh, Lua maybe. I think Nwadawa is kind of at that age. There's a couple of the injury problems. People thinking, oh, okay, does he make the step up or not? Because he's only really clicked at this one. But Harry Cornick is still very, very young. And obviously he's improved his finishing and he's got the pace. So if you've got pace and the finishing, that's when the Premier League start, players, clubs start taking an interest. That's very true. And he, him him or Pelly, if Pelly can staple a place in the side, would be my two that I think could possibly leave. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be looking at the younger ones, basically, wouldn't you? So it's um, those in the mid to late 20s, possibly not so much. You want to talk about Nathan Jones for a few seconds before we leave? What, you mean have 30 seconds of laughter? <laughs> um, I've got to say, what you've got to look at him sort of thinking, right, a goal up against Leeds, loses 2-1, and he's losing the plot. Then he gave some really odd interview that got taken down rather rapidly to um, some American... Californian uh, Luton Town fan, which I'm not quite sure. I think it was only up for a couple of hours or something. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Let's just put that out there because you said Californian Luton Town fan. It wasn't me. There is more than one Luton Town fan in California. Yep. And this was actually a female. Again, it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) How she got that particular interview, but it was a little bit sort of, you know, puzzling, but um, apparently she didn't ask anything too testing of him anyway, like, why did you pick up Manager of the Month award in your Stoke top, and why did you get the sort of, you know the Stoke directors in and give the give the players three days off so you could go and talk to them behind the cups back? For some reason, those questions weren't asked, which would have been interesting in the answers. But I'm wondering if he's been to doubt himself. Or it's um, well, I think basically he's been off more than he can chew. He's an ego. He's walked into a cup full of egos, and it's not quite worked. And he doesn't quite have the backup. He doesn't have the support he had at the club here. He doesn't have the buy-in. He doesn't have the buy-in from the players, and I don't even know if the board's buying into it right now either. Uh, I read something the other day that Hockaday, is that his name? Hockaday? Uh, possibly, yeah. Was being linked to the position and could possibly take over by the end of this week. And you're, you're kind of just sitting there thinking, Jesus, they haven't even sacked him yet, and they're already talking about his replacement. That's, that's, that's how bad it is. I think he made a huge mistake in leaving Luton, if I'm being totally honest. I think everything that he had going at Luton was right, not only for the club, but for him too. And I think the mon- when he's seen the money, it's like them old cartoons where he's, there, he's seen the dollar bills light up and he basically just bailed for the money and he's going to get a nice... A nice uh, it's going to be 10 million quid richer. Yeah, basically. he's so going to be a lot um, richer once Stoke, Stoke do for him. So whereas the, ego, whereas the ego might be dented, the bank balance certainly won't be. So on that side of things, I've got to say, if someone said to me, do you want to change job? Thinking, oh, I'm happy where I am. Okay, he's guaranteed 10 million. Fine, I'm off. <laughs> I don't think you'd be the only one. All right, Nick, I think that's it. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think we'll probably do. Keep it nice and short, so. We were thinking of changing the name around a little bit. We're still debating it because some of the names we come up with have not uh, fit into our Twitter handle. So we'll keep you guys informed of that. 
Uh, but other than that, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. It is actually on iTunes now because I'm doing that aspect of it, not Nick. And that was like, we... it was on iTunes before. There was a bloody link there. Just people too late. To it was it. just really difficult to get to. Really difficult to get to. But uh, yeah, give give us a rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you after probably another three games, Nick. Well, we'll see how the results go. <laughs> Have a good one.